I'm Arie Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider show where it's all about the W. I'm very excited for this episode as we welcome Mitchell Hansen, Lynx beat reporter for Zone Coverage. If you like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our staff's amazing written content over at winsider.com while you're over there check out the overseas tracker it's live now you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place and remember downloading the episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue to do this important work mitchell Welcome to the show. So happy to have a fellow Minnesotan on and excited to chat Minnesota Lynx with you. Uh, before we get into all this, I just want to know how you're doing, what you're up to, and is it still snowing in Minnesota? <laughs> Thankfully, it's not still snowing in Minnesota, but thank, thank you guys for, for having me on. Um, right now, just, just kind of gearing up for, um, or actually wrapping up training camp, gearing up for the start of uh, what should hopefully be a, an exciting WNBA season and being able to cover that again. Um, it'll be, I believe this will be my, oh, I don't even remember. This how it tells you how good my memory is. Maybe fourth or fifth year, maybe fifth year um, covering the, the WNBA. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, I'm Looking out my window right now, and thankfully there is no snow on the ground. There is green grass, and I mean it's it's middle, I don't know, mid fifties right now, which isn't great, but we'll take what we can get. But thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. I've I've been a longtime follower of your work, and I'm excited to uh, talk links with you. Before we get into this, tell the folks where they can find your work, see your work, and hear your WNBA ramblings. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. It's ramblings of zonecoverage.com. Um, I usually have, have a few pieces there a week. Um, I try and do a, a mailbag every once in a while as well, um, but just kind of a, a plethora of, of kind of coverage from features to, to more so, um, you know, results-based stuff. But, um, you know, looking forward to a, another year and being able to to continue to, to provide content on that site, but there's a lot of good stuff on that site. Like I said, zonecoverage.com. So make sure to check it out there, or you can also follow along on even more ramblings on my Twitter. <laughs> well, let's get into this. Minnesota Lynx, a team that surprised many making it to the semifinals last year, um, gets hopefully back a healthy Sylvia Fowles, gets uh, an arguably a steal of the draft, and make some big free agency moves this offseason. This team is is primed for uh, for success. I told Rachel before this episode, the more I dig into the links, the more excited I get. So she's going to have to play devil, devil's advocate against me a little bit on this, against you maybe a little bit on this. Um, Rachel, I'm sure we'll be fine with that, right, Rachel? <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> she loves telling me I'm wrong. But Mitchell, how do you feel about the Minnesota Lynx going into the season and give us kind of a report of what's going down at training camp. You know, I, I think overall the, the feel around the team is, is they're excited. They're, they're ready to go. I mean, you, you mentioned it. This was a team that, that made a relatively uh, deep run last year in the playoffs, um, you know, put together somewhat of a surprising season down in Florida. 
Um, but you know, they, the, the work that they have done this off season, obviously you're getting Sylvia Fowles back. That's not a acquisition by any means, but I mean, I guess it is because she sat out most of the year last year and they still have the season that they did. Um, but you, you get her back healthy. Um, hopefully she can stay healthy for a year. That's, that's obviously Minnesota's top priority because she is such a big piece to, to what they do on, on both ends of the floor. Uh, but then you you mentioned the the additions that they they had this off season. I mean the the three free agents they brought in, um, you know, impressive uh, rookie. Hopefully she's get able to get back healthy here soon, um, so that she can join the mix as well. But um, overall, I, I think the feel is is they're they're excited, they're ready to go, and and I think the, the expectations have kind of turned up a notch just based on what they've been able to do this off season and. Um, you know, kind of the work that Cheryl Reeve and company have have done to to retool this team and, and build the team into to what it is, which is probably one of the you know deeper teams that they've had since their you know their title runs stretching back to 2017. But um, overall, I think the the, it, the excitement's there, and and I know they. Uh, you know, the team specifically, they don't want to get ahead of themselves too far, as as every team will say at this point of the year. But I, I think they. They have their their eyes set on a, another deep playoff run and and hopefully uh, being able to uh, surpass what they did last year. And I want to say, like an advantage that this team has that most Minnesota Lynx teams that have the ability to make a deep playoff run have not had is being the underdogs. Because let's be real, as and and this was kind of one of the things I was texting Rachel before the show. Like the more you look at this team, you go, "Holy crap, they're really deep." We'll get into what the weaknesses are because we're not going to shy over that. And I'm, I'm curious to pick your brain about that. Um, but let's talk about this draft pick. Renai Davis injured. My understanding, no serious timetable for return. But I assume maybe you're more connected in on that. Do they have an estimation? Is there, you know, any timetable at all that there has been spoken of? Or is it completely, you know, when she heals, she heals and we'll let you know. That It's kind of been the latter of not really knowing what what. Um, her her timetable is for a return, which to me signals that she's going to be out for a, a decent amount of time. Um, you know, in, in years past, um, Cheryl Reeve has been pretty pretty open about you know kind of where they're at with player injuries. I know, especially last year with Sylvia Falls, for instance. Um, you know, Cheryl did kind of mention you know every once in a while, you know, still got in a little bit of work today, or she you know things are improving with her, still not quite there yet, but. Um, you know, when she addressed the media following their, their preseason game against Atlanta, um, I guess you could say it was kind of a hybrid scrimmage. But um, when after their game against Atlanta uh, this past weekend, they or she kind of basically said that she doesn't know. Like it, it, they don't really know. Obviously, they know the extent of how bad the stress, stress fracture is, but um, there's no really timetable. Those are kind of tricky injuries when it comes to foot injuries. Um, let alone stress fractures in foot or feet. Um, but, you know, I, I think that to me it signals she's going to be out for a little bit of time. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what Minnesota does when they finalize their roster. That'll, to me, be really telling as far as exactly how long they think she'll be out. Um, Cheryl Reeve said before the year or coming into this year that they're planning on carrying 11 players. Um, obviously, they have... They'll have Davis out, so that leaves them 10. They're going to have a few later rivals with Nafisa Collier and Caleb McBride. Um, they're thinking maybe a week or two for them. Um, so they are probably going to start the year 
with eight eight players on roster, which is obviously not a way you want to start the the season ideally. But um, you know, it, when it comes to the roster being finalized, um, you know, when it when it comes to Renaya Davis, that it it'll be telling to see if they think it's more so a season injury, if they think it's more so just you know something that at most would be maybe half season. Um, it, it's really hard to tell, and and I know right now I did actually see. <laughs> 20 or the the age of right now social media um renaya davis posted on her instagram story that she was in a walking boot so um i i guess that's a good sign that you know she's moving around she's still active um she's not you know confined to you know i don't know being on a, a couch or being completely off of it she's able to do some stuff on it but um yeah that that that's kind of the the big piece right now and then those two later rivals will be really be interesting well let's run it down real quick i mean i appreciate you filling us in on on fia mcbride they're coming from overseas both teams um have have had great success this season uh to quote borat um but <laughs> they've made they've made it deep in the playoffs uh let's talk about this salary cap so the team has around one hundred sixty-two thousand available in cap it's basically 122 for if they sign Renaya Davis and Bridget Carlton. Both players like don't hit their cap yet because they were either drafted or training camp contracts, uh, which is a vet savvy move by GM Cheryl Reeve because what that does is, you know, they can fill their roster up with as many players as they want for training camp so they can have a competitive training camp, especially when you're missing Fia McBride. Um, looking at it, I think fans can very clearly see what's kind of holding this team back from being able to have 12 players. That's a combination or arguably one of these two players, the contract Rachel Bannum, 103K, or as I said, arguably also a Chanwa is holding this team back just because of the amount of their salary. Uh, and you could argue easily argue Rachel, not crazy here that these, these salaries are a little bit uh, extra for these players <laughs> when, <laughs> well, I, I'm being polite and nice. I'm being Minnesota nice. <laughs> there, these these salaries are a little bit extra for the caliber of player they are. That's not a knock to any of them, but you look at similar players and what they're making. I mean, you could talk a Chanwa. People of her status are making around that same. But again, you know, I want to talk about this because you know we're gonna we're gonna skip around here now. And before we talk ceiling and floor or whatever, we I mean, this kind of leads me into weakness and why this is such a big deal. And the reason is, is because when I think about weakness of this team, and we're going to touch all over it, I think back the point guard position, because you look at the wings, they've got depth. Don't worry about it, right? Fee can play there. Uh, you got Carlton, you got Ariel Powers, you got Kayla McBride, and I'm probably forgetting one. And heck, honestly, the, the big question mark is Zandala City might, might decide she wants to come over super late in the season, but we're not going to get to that unless you want to talk about that Mitchell but the, the real question then you have such a depth at the bigs the real question for me is the point guard position and being in a, the situation they're in the makeup of their roster they truly have like one real backup and that's Rachel Bannum so you could argue that's why you're giving her the big contract but she hasn't necessarily shown the championship level caliber that I think you could argue the rest of this team has um Mitchell, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on what the weakness of this team is. And Rachel, feel free to chime in at any point where you're like, Arya, you're crazy and wrong. Or Mitchell, no, you're crazy and wrong. I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it I, I am questioning. Sorry, Mitchell, real quick. I'm just going to chime in real fast. I think um, 
you know, the, the point guard depth, depth in general. I mean, especially the early on parts of this season. I mean, we're, we're no longer talking about teams with, with 12 players on their roster because of the new CBA and the way things are structured. More teams are playing with 11. And and then you, you talk about the beginning of the season and, you know, late arrivals. Um, so so as, as talented as this team is and as much as we can talk about them, obviously I think they're in contention. This team has, especially with, you know, incredible coach who has proven to just do, do a phenomenal job. I, I do think that, you know, this could very easily um, have some seriously major struggling moments. I mean, as really any team does, but I, I, I do question kind of the depth at the point guard spot to go along with just honestly depth in general. Um, you really got to hope that people are staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to build off of that, I, you know, I completely agree with, with you, Rachel, that, you know, one thing with this team too, you, you have to look at kind of what took place last year. They and and any team deals with this throughout the year, but injuries. Okay, let's say Crystal Dangerfield gets hurt. What are like what are the links going to do at guard? I mean, is is Rachel Banham going to be the primary ball handler? Is are we going to end up seeing you know Kale McBride, maybe Nafisa Collier do a lot of um, you know ball handling on initiating the offense? I think that might end up being the case. Or we'll see a lot of Collier and McBride kind of initiating things, especially when, um, you know, when, when Dangerfield's out of the game or she's, you know, she's on the bench, she's in foul trouble, whatever that may be. Maybe she's hurt. Um, but, you know, Rachel Bantam's kind of a player that, that plays a lot of, a lot of off ball. I mean, she's not somebody that really initiates the, the offense that much. Um, you know, looking even at the team last year, they had the likes of Shanice Johnson. They had Odyssey Sims, who could kind of fill in that backup role. Obviously, they're not they're not here anymore. Um, but it it'll be interesting. They they do seem very they're very wing heavy. I mean, it's you you look up and down the roster, with the exception of you know the posts of you know Sylvia Fowles, Natalie Chanwa, um, you know Dantas. I mean, they're they're. They're basically the rest of them are wings, with the exception of of Crystal Dangerfield. So it, it's it's interesting to, I it it will be interesting to see how it plays out. They're very versatile, but yet they're still limited, kind of at the same time when it comes to you know especially the guard position, um, and that's why a lot of people maybe thought that you know they would eye a guard in the in the draft or in free agency more so than you know a wing like. Uh, I consider McBride more so a wing than, you know, a, a true guard. But, um, you know, I, I do think that, that they're kind of limited in that role. And, and I, I think, um, you know, it'll, it'll be a really interesting year as far as Crystal Dangerfield, too, and how she can kind of – last year she was more so a scorer. How can she facilitate more this year and kind of set up those, those wings and, um, you know, the, the post players. So, um, you know, I – Knock on wood, they're they're healthy at the guard position, but um, they they can't afford any injuries at that spot this year. For sure, we talked a little bit about you know things we think this team can do well, um, some questions that we have. I, I'm curious your thoughts. If you had to pick in your mind, um, obviously season hasn't really started yet. <laughs> we haven't really had our, been able to have our eyes on much of anything. What do you think this this the biggest strength of this team will be on either end of the floor or just o- overall? I think overall, basically, the, the biggest strength for this team, and, and Cheryl has talked about it a few times, Cheryl Reeves talked about it a few times throughout training camp, um, and even, you know, through the offseason after, uh, you know, the free agency um, announcements were made, the versatility of this team. Um, you know, it's kind of contradicting what we were just talking about or what I was just talking about with, 
you know, maybe the limitations at guard, but they, they are very versatile. You'll see somebody or you'll see players like, like I mentioned earlier, Kayla McBride, um, Nafisa Collier, you have, you know, Jess Shepard, you have Bridget Carlton. They can all swap between different positions. They can play multiple positions, which is a nice thing to have, especially when you have different matchups each night and throughout the season. Um, so Minnesota will be able to play up to those matchups, um, and they can they can throw out a bunch of different roster, you know, bunch of different lineups, and um, you know, kind of fluctuate their roster however they see fit and whatever um, the matchup calls for that night. Which I personally think that's an extremely valuable thing, and I know Cheryl Reeve has talked in years past about you know the importance of that and being able to fluctuate and move people around on on a roster. Um, it, it, you know, and then you look at kind of last year with, you know, with Sylvia Fowles being out. If that's the case again this year, well, maybe Minnesota ends up playing, you know, more so small ball. Um, you know, we saw Nafisa Collier playing anywhere from from the two in a starting lineup to a four. Um, you know, and, and that that's a, you know, valuable trait to have. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people in a lot of teams hope to have going into a year and throughout the year. Um, so that's definitely one thing I think that plays in Minnesota's favor. I'm I'm just going to chime in here and say I think the consistency that we've heard from everybody on this is Cheryl Reeve. I mean, when I think about the strength, maybe it's offensive, maybe it's naive to say the strength is the coach, but we have a team that is in- injecting two, maybe only one, but I mean, it, like we can talk about if if McBride's going to start or Powers is going to start. Either way, you're injecting two you know, key elements to your roster who are new players. And Cheryl Reeve, every time she's been doubted, I think last year is one of her most beautifully coached seasons of all time. And it definitely showed you Cheryl Reeve's ability to adapt to the times. And I think that's going to be a huge element with this team because what we've all talked about, about missing certain key players, Kayla McBride and Nafisa Collier early on in the season, along with your rookie, Renaya Davis. Um, and, and I love what you said, how how we've become such a, a, a wing deep team here because a few years back, I remember thinking about this team and how, how weak they were at the wing position. Mm-hmm. And now fast forward a, a few years and, you know, over that time period, the wing position has been one of the hottest commodities in this league. We know we are a big driven league, right? Who are some of the greatest players of all time in our league? Lauren Jackson, Candace Parker, um, Sylvia Fowles, uh, Brianna Stewart, like we, Elena Deladon, sorry, Rachel, we can keep going with these players who are, who are bigs, but the wing revolt has begun and Minnesota has done an amazing job of grabbing talented, high talented players. But the other thing, when I think Cheryl Reeve, I think defense, I mean, over the past few years has, while this team has done a, if you want to quote Walt Hopkins hybrid rebuild, if you want to call, like talk about what this team did, in their ability to make this still a place that has a high standard of basketball, thanks to Cheryl Reeve, the staff, and the players. And they have outperformed. They've outkicked the coverage the past, definitely last year, arguably the year before, and have put themselves in a position to be a place where free agents want to come. And when you do that, and you have this influx of different things, I think about Cheryl Reeve defense and how intimidating that is and how that was really a you know, the backbone of this team for so long over the, over, you know, this new wave of change that we've had. So that, that's what I think. Rachel, you're up for the next question. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I just want to, I mean, both of your opinions. I mean, we've kind of talked about looking at this, this all, all 12 teams and have a general idea. I mean, I want to know everyone in, everyone's thoughts of ceiling and floor for this Lynx team, I think. Um, I know I have my opinion on it. I would like to hear yours. Mitchell, we'll start with you. Like, what's the ceiling for Minnesota this year, and what is rock bottom? I think um, you know. Obviously, the the ceiling for this team is is they could they could reach the, the you know the WNBA finals. They were they were. I mean, I granted, so. they got swept by a, a really good um, Seattle team um, last year in in the postseason. But you know, they were they were in the semifinals of of the postseason. They they kind of to your guys's point earlier on. They kind of you know exceeded expectations. You know, considering. Um, you know, nothing against the players that were playing on the team, but considering the talent that they had and maybe they were lacking, you know, Sylvia Fowles was out most of the year. Um, you know, uh, kind of some of the holes that they did have on the, on the team, the the youth of the roster, um, you know, they, they did excel at expectations last year, but it, it's a team that, you know, you add three pretty dang good, um, you know, free agents in, in the offseason, and they're going to add a lot to this team. Not only with you know with their presence, um, you know, off the court and, and kind of their their veteran status and the, the caliber of, of who they are as, as individuals, but as players. I mean, Kale McBride, Ariel, Ariel Powers, and Natalie Chanwa, they're they're not you know we, we shouldn't look lightly on the, on those additions. I think those are really key additions in, in some key spots for Minnesota. Adds depth, adds you know really an endless amount of possibilities. So I think that. You know, if it, one thing that, um, you know, we, we had just talked about a, a little bit ago, um, and Cheryl Reeve is getting the most out of her players. That's one thing she's done year in and year out, you know, stretching back to her championship teams. Ever since I've covered the team, that's kind of been a common storyline with Cheryl. Um, you know, she's the ultimate motivator. She's somebody that, you know, we as, as fans maybe see, you know, Cheryl on the sideline throwing her jacket off, yelling, screaming throughout the game, but she really knows how to pull a team together and players love her and love to play for her. Um, and that's that's something that you'll hear from every single player that plays under her. Um, and, you know, what, what they're building, I think, and what they have built this offseason is, is a solid team that that is built for the long run if they can stay healthy. Um, and that's, that's something that they have a good mix of youth, they have a good mix of, of veterans, um, you know, and, and I think that definitely the ceiling for them would, would be to reach the, the WNBA finals. Now, do I think they would win the WNBA finals? I don't necessarily know that. I don't know if they're ready or I'm not to, at least ready to say that just yet. Um, but if they could definitely end up in, in a series, um, you know, in the championship series. And I think that that could definitely be the ceiling for them. Um, you know, as far as the, the floor, the, you know, I would I would be incredibly shocked if if they didn't reach the postseason. I think everybody would be incredibly shocked. I would say that I think the floor would be to reach where they did last year, reach semifinal round of the playoffs. Um, I think that's that's definitely the minimum of of their expectations or what they sh their expectations should be. Um, in you know, with with the additions and getting everybody back healthy, um, when they do get everybody, you know fully on this roster and kind of integrated together. Um, I think we'll, we'll be really telling to see exactly what kind of team Minnesota has. Um, and I, I think that they're, they're definitely able to, to put a run together and, and 
not only reach their 11th straight postseason, but, um, you know, reach, I think, at least the semifinal round. I'm going to be a little more hot with my take because it's 90, 80, whatever degrees in D.C. Um, <laughs> Thanks for bragging. Yeah. <laughs> just but no, trust me, you don't, you know, Minnesota summer is much better. Um, I'm going to go championship for ceiling. I mean, look, that's the ceiling of this team. What does Cheryl Reeve do? Cheryl Reeve takes players and gets the best out of them. You have Sylvia Fowles, who has been there, done that multiple times. You have Ariel Powers, who has been there and done that, right? Like, she's been to the finals twice. She's won a finals before. So she has that experience. You can definitely counteract that, or not counteract that. That's not the right word. But it definitely kind of takes it down a little bit. Danger field and fee, not necessarily having that experience. But they come from championship-level pedigree at UConn. And... I, so I kind of call that a wash. And then a really smart thing that Cheryl Reeve has done throughout her career in Minnesota, and especially in, in the championship runs, is bring in players who have had success or who have not had success and are looking to finally get that success. You know, Tina Charles is a perfect example of that. Someone who has had success in in herself, right? But not that winning a championship success. Bringing in players like a McBride, like an Achanwa, who have had some success, maybe McBride a little bit more than a Chanwa, but to be able to bring those players who are hungry to win a championship, not to say players who have won it aren't as hungry, but there's just something about someone who has never won it that gives you that extra fight just a little bit. Now, there's that other side of it of being there and, and understanding what to do um, that has that other element. So for me, the ceiling of this team is a championship. Now, if I wanted to be real bold, I would say the floor is lower than a four seed in this. But I'll be nice considering how closely packed the teams at the top are. And I will say if they fall out of top five seed, I would call that a disappointing upset of a season for this team. Maybe that's a little crazy. I just think when you have this type of talent, this type of coaching talent, um, it's quite Honestly, you have to have high expectations, and they've probably done a good job of flying under the radar, but that comes with positives and negatives. I mean, you know, well, what are your thoughts, Rachel? Ceiling and floor, putting you on the spot. I, I think, I just don't think you can ever count out a Cheryl Reef coach team, and I, I love the moves that were made in this offseason. I mean, I, I think the concerns that we spoke about earlier on the show are definitely super valid, but I mean, that's going to be the case with really any team, um, being able to stay healthy and, and have depth. So, um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did have them in contention. I think, I think they're definitely in the top four conversation. Um, excited to see how the new dynamic of this team shakes out. But honestly, I mean, I, I would be shocked if they were not a playoff team. Um, I think you'd have to have a lot of really a series of just tons of unfortunate events um, that would knock them out. Of, Wait a second. Did you did you just stop yourself from saying a series of unfortunate events? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that they're uh, they're definitely a playoff team. There's there's no question about that. If they were to be become a lottery team, that would be because you really faced some serious injury um, and, and adversity throughout the season that nobody could have really expected. And I I think one. If I could jump in just for for one second, I th I think one one thing that mm, I don't want to say it's overlooked, but that was a big factor from last season was the fact that 
Minnesota reached, um, you know, the, uh, they played in a series of, uh, you know, postseason basketball. You know, that that's huge for, you know, Nafisa Collier. That's huge for, um, you know, Crystal Dangerfield, especially those younger players that haven't had that really. Um, you know, to, to experience a, a series, I know that that's something that they talked about throughout the series and even after the series, after they ended up losing to Seattle, is that, you know, it's it's a whole different ball game when you when you play in a you know you know in a series. It's a chess match between the other team, um, and I, I think that that is prepared, maybe not to the extent of others on the team, um, but that is prepared. You know, the the younger players such as Dangerfield Collier, just to you know they're not playing in one game eliminations like they they maybe have in the past and in, in college or or with with fee and playing. Um, you know, getting bounced in, in, in early on in the playoffs in her first year. Um, but I think that's something that's that's kind of overlooked, too, is that they do kind of, although they didn't end up getting a win in, in the semifinal round and they got bounced in that round um, after losing to Seattle or being swept by Seattle, I think that that's something, you know, that experience alone will be will be valuable for those two especially. And I'll always say, like, that series, while it was a sweep, if you remember the end of game one, Alicia Clark mm-hmm. gets the rebound, puts it back in. I mean, throughout that whole game, Rachel probably doesn't remember this. I remember texting Rachel th- saying, like, is this really, are, are the Lynx actually about to steal game one against the Storm? <laughs> like, I thought yeah, that was I'm, quite ridiculous. All right, she does remember. All right, whatever. I, do, I remember. Oh. <laughs> well, because I was just completely shocked. Like, but they're they're so well coached, you know, and and they have that they have veteran leadership, and it's just, um, I mean, that was, you know, talking about we're so you well, not, well we're not really anymore, but that dynasty that we talked about for so long, right? And then it was like, okay, this is now a bit of a rebuild, and and the expectation was never, at least for outsiders looking in, was okay, it's a rebuild, like anything you do right now, you know, is, is, is good, but like, we're, we're kind of just waiting to see like what's going to happen. And then it just kind of exceeded a lot of expectations after you've just been used to such dominance. So, um, I think that's just a, a compliment to the, the culture and the tradition that Cheryl Reef has really built there in Minnesota. Oh, and uh, no, I completely agree. And honestly, I want to ask you about a, a topic on that, Rachel, that we did not prepare for at all in this show. Uh, but Mitchell, <laughs> you kind of pointed me in that direction. So I, I got to ask, I mean, for, I mean, first of all, I got to say, last year, the Lynx, if you're a Lynx fan, you know that calm of like, oh, we're down five. Oh, we're down 10. Doesn't matter. We're coming back. Or, oh, we're up this amount. They're, like, game's over. We're going to win. So I started to gain that back, that understanding and that confidence in the team. But Rachel, something that Mitchell brought up was the series aspect. And I agree that that's really big. If you've looked at the schedule, you'll notice that for this season, due to COVID protocol, there's a lot of games that are almost mini series, mm-hmm. almost baseball-esque, where they come and they play in one location on a Friday, day off, play another game, same location, same team on Sunday, or maybe it's on Monday. I don't have the schedule right in front of me. I'm curious for you, Rachel, as a former player and former coach, talk to us a little bit about like... Do you think that that is equatable to a, obviously a playoff series is very different, but can you kind of use that and grow from it in a similar way? I think so. I mean, I I think from, 
from my standpoint, it definitely, it changes in terms of just the way you prepare and just the consistency in which you're preparing. I mean, obviously teams are used to playing one team and then two days later playing someone else. So your preparation um, is constantly changing and, and evolving. Your scouting reports are constantly changing and evolving. You have your scouting reports amongst your staff that are, you know, really divvied up um, just like throughout the week. And, and it's, it's kind of a rat race in terms of just getting that done in time. So now, you know, you're playing these kind of back to backs um, and you're really honing in on opponents like you would in a series. So it is going to be, and, and this is a really good point. It's going to be really interesting because like from that first game to when they play that second game in any given matchup, you're, we're really going to get a chance to see adjustments um, that we don't typically get to see in the regular season. Um, what sort of things did they go back um, in the film room and talk about after that first game and, and, and what, what adjustments or personnel changes or matchup changes did they make for the second game? And so we as, as media and outsiders kind of get to analyze that, which is going to be fascinating. And at this point, I mean, it, it does prepare you for the postseason. And, and when you get into those, those series, series is, 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 um, <laughs> I definitely, uh, I definitely think that's a great point and, and very unique to this year. Cause I mean, I certainly don't ever remember this happening before. Uh, so that's kind of what it's going to be, um, getting used to playing someone back to back and really honing in on them for at least a consistent week is going to be, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really interesting and something that WNBA fans have not really experienced. Um, and shout out to the teams who haven't made the playoffs recently or have struggled to make it to a series. You're finally going to get a series. Let's talk key players. We're going to go down the line, starting with Mitchell, Rachel, and myself. Key player for this team to reach the ceiling. Uh, key player who, if they don't perform, you know, we're going to see the team shift more closely to the floor. Mitchell, who you got? I think, and and this is a player that that Cheryl Rivas has talked about a lot since since her arrival to to Minnesota, um, being the center point or centerpiece of this team, um, and that's Sylvia Fowles. I think that that her her ability. I mean, you know, take kind of take the the free agent additions out of it. Um, you know, she's been she's been the common theme, you know, since she got here and in 2015 that that she is the focal point of this team no matter who is on the team um cheryl's often talked about you know going through her the offense runs through sill the offense you know everything runs through sill the more she does the more successful everybody else is and i think that's going to be the case again this year the reason um i think that it'll be especially important this year is is her health um you know obviously last year she she sat out most of the year with with injury issues um, hopefully this year she's able to get back being fully healthy um, and she can remain healthy throughout the year. Um, if she is, I think they'll do extremely well. If, if she doesn't, I think they, they could struggle. Now they, they did add, um, you know, a Chanwa and, and they do have some, some backup depth behind Sill that that'll help um, more so than what they did last year. But um, you know, when, when Sill's not on the floor, this, this is a very different team. And I think that, um, you know, she's she's going to be the, the key factor of this team this season and as, as long as she's still in a Lynx uniform. Rachel, hot seat. This one's tough. Like, I I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this player. Oh, no, I'm going to do this player. No, 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 I'm going to do this one. <laughs> this one's really hard. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to copy Mitchell and say so. Um, 
shout out to Sylvia Fowles. Love her, love her, love her. Hope she has a phenomenal year. Hope she's healthy. But for me, it's Crystal Dangerfield. Um, she's mm-hmm. the engine that makes this team go from, from the point guard position. And I think what she was able to come out and do um, in, in that rookie season was – I'm a huge Dangerfield fan, and I really felt like I studied and analyzed her game from even when she was in high school. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't surprised um, that she had the year that she had, but, you know, how, how does that translate now to that sophomore season where, you know, you've got a target on your back, um, the, the, everyone is aware of you, everyone is gunning for you. Um, how is she able to translate – um, that, that that rookie year to her sophomore season, and can she um, elevate her game to that next level? You know, to to really be the facilitator, the uh, creator, the engine of this team that they need them to be. Um, and we already talked about the depth at that position. So there's a lot riding on her shoulders. I know she'll 100% embrace that, and she's built for that. But Dangerfield is, uh, in my opinion, um, the X factor for this team and their success. Oh, yeah. And, you know, speaking to the film that we've been talking about all episodes, speaking to the growth of Dangerfield, I mean, teams are definitely going to see her struggle at the high double team. Um, So the high double team trap like that, that's going to be something that she's going to need to know how to get out of in a consistent basis. But, you know, kind of what you were saying, Rachel, about how you could go through this whole roster and say, this is the most important. This is the most important. This is the most important. You know, she needs to be aware of that. So just to, to add to what you're saying, for me, I, I was thinking Powers. I was thinking McBride because of their, you know, they're in the new players coming to the team. They can add that element that maybe this team has lacked in the past few years. But I think I need to go with Old Faithful over the past few years. And that's Nafisa Collier. Um, we've continued to see her grow. But the real question is. This coming season, is she going to make that leap to be a real MVP candidate? And if she does that, you know, to Mitchell's point, if Sylvia goes down, all of a sudden, that's so much more weight on Fee's shoulders. Uh, to, to Rachel's point, with Dangerfield, having that uh, a player of Fee's caliber playing at a very high level with or without Syl means you can't do that high trap. If you can't do that high trap, that makes it that much easier for the other players around. And I think it's really, I mean, you know, to, to Mitchell's point about how the offense kind of flows through Sill when Sill's moving, the offense is moving. I don't think you can just plug Fee into that position. But similarly, we saw points during the season where this offense this past year get kind of stagnant. And I think a lot of that had to do with not getting Fee the ball, not motion. So for me, it's Nafisa's growth. And it, it, no matter what happens around her, if she can continue to grow like we have seen her from her rookie year to today, we should expect a team uh, that kind of blows through the roof of that ceiling, shatters the, the, the glass ceiling, whatever cool, smart <laughs> phrase we could have come up with that I did not write down beforehand, and that's my own fault. Um, Mitchell, remind everybody, we're so appreciative of you making the time to join us today. Remind everyone where they can see your writings and Twitter ramblings. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out, um, you know, content at Zone Coverage. Um, that is zonecoverage.com. Um, and then you can also follow me on on Twitter. Um, Twitter handle is M underscore Hanson 13. And that's Hanson that's spelled with an E-N. So H-A-N-S-E-N. But is 13 a shout out to one Lindsay Whalen or, or uh, just totally random connected? I, I was actually born on the 13th. So that's, that's my favorite <laughs> number, but um, you know, her and I have that, that I think in common lucky 13. There I, you I go. 
maybe maybe people aren't feeling so lucky if, if they're following me on Twitter just because some of the stuff I post is like, why am I following this guy? But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just joking. Love Lindsay well. She's awesome. Oh, she's amazing. And I believe she just, she like coached the spring training football game and they won. I, whatever. Yeah. Long tangent, not worth it. Mitchell, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Everyone, make sure you read Mitchell's stuff. I read it to get into know uh, what the hell is going on in Minnesota as I'm now thousands of miles away. So thank you, Mitchell. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.